to The Gifted Podcast, a show that takes you on a journey through the inspiring stories of black business owners in Kansas City's urban core who have won a grant from Kansas City Gift. Today, we'll be diving into the world of entrepreneurship, exploring the passion, hard work, and perseverance it takes to thrive as a black business owner in the heart of Kansas City. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Gifted Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Calloway, CEO, co-founder of Gift. Uh, and today I have Dontavius Young here with me. He is the founder and owner of Equal Minded Cafe and Events. Uh, so, Dontavious, man, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell the, tell the people about who you are, what you do. Thank you so much, Brandon. Uh, Dontavious Young, owner of Equal Minded Cafe, as he said. Um, we're a specialty coffee shop on Truce, 44th and Truce. Uh, we make herbal chai. That's what we're known for. We make panini sandwiches, breakfast sandwiches, um, and we have an event space that we rent out as well. Um, yeah. So, so uh, how long have you guys been open? Since 2018. Uh, what got you into this business, this this industry, this space? Really, I just, uh, I saw the positivity that coffee shops can have in certain neighborhoods and how it brings people together. And I wanted that for my neighborhood um, off of Truce, the, where we had a building. I really wanted to replicate the same thing uh, and, and give them positive vibes, create a space that had resources, opportunities, and connections for people who don't really have access to those things otherwise. Yeah, man. So what's it been like? What's it been like being, uh, that type of resource and, and that, that type of business over there on Truce. It's been a blessing. Before, you know, uh, before everybody else tried to also get over there on Truce. <laughs> yeah, we, we have had a few neighbors move in since uh, with the exact same type of business. So that, that has been a struggle, but we've been fighting through it. Um, but otherwise, it's been a blessing to be where we are and to do what we do and, and to meet the people I meet. Uh, so much so that, you know, I found other passions in my life through the coffee shop. Uh, about two years in, I learned that I really love talking to people, helping them reach their goals, uh, mentoring the youth, and creating an impact that way. And so I went back to school for psychology, um, and I plan on pursuing other things further in the education industry and, and helping out our city that way. So it's it's been nothing short of a blessing to, to be able to do what I've been doing. What's up, man? So... Uh you received thirty thousand dollars from Gift back in October. Yeah. Uh, and so, talk talk a little bit about that. What, what was that process like, and what what did you uh, what you use the money for? Mm -hmm. So the $30,000, man, that was a game changer for us at the right time we needed it. Um, we really were trying to scale up our business and start doing a few more products, um, increase our pricing, and just compete with those other neighbors that I was talking about that moved in. Mm -hmm. um, so that $30,000 was able to, we were able to build a brand new bar top, have a lot more counter space and improve our efficiency. Uh, we improved our water system to an RO water system. Uh, so we have the best water possible for, for making coffee and making the other things that we make. Um, we also added breakfast menu items that we were able to raise prices on a little bit and make a little bit more revenue, increase our profits um, and hire two more staff since also. So we've been able to make extreme changes to be able to compete in the market that we're in. Um, and specifically, I think, uh, I look at the numbers for January of this year um, after we finished our, our construction and our changes mm -hmm. and that we were 300% higher than we were January of last year. Um, and that's saying something too because 2022 uh, was, it was a good year for us compared to 2021 and 2020 with COVID right. and everything. So um, the fact that we're still increasing that much and that had a huge impact on it and some of our most sold items were the new items we added. Um, it's, it's been tremendous for us and I can't thank Gift enough and the team works with me on so many things. Um, it's, I love having you guys. 
That's what's up, man. That's what's up. What uh, what I mean, what you just talked about was phenomenal, right? Uh, so being able to you know get this grant money, use it really effectively, uh, and grow grow your business, and and uh, you know growing pains is a, a a term because it's real, right? And so what what uh, what challenges have you experienced as you uh, grown? I would say the biggest challenge um, is the staffing. You know, mm -hmm. um, I got into a bigger pickle than I thought I'd be in with staff overstaffing and finding the right moments to staff people. Uh, we still have days where we're not as busy. Um, we don't have as many people coming in, but then the days where we are busy are a lot better. Um, so really working with the team on that and trying to find someone to take over management and be able to pay them adequate, adequately so I can go out and do more things to grow the business or look at starting other, other locations um, is something that I'm really struggling the most on. Um, but that, I would say that would be our biggest crutch. What's your preferred angle? Preferred angle. That's an interesting question. I, I would say like, I would say an, an angle for us would be, you know, seeing the community um, thrive the way I, I dreamed of, the way I'd hoped for. Um, seeing that happen within our immediate community was probably our starting end goal. Um, but as it's grown and I've learned so much about myself and learned so much about the business and what we're able to do, um, I think I really want to move into uh, uh, an area where we can have more, more impact on the youth. Um, I want to start teaching everything I know entrepreneurial-wise to the youth um, through programs that I create uh, and then having them implement that by helping run the coffee shop or giving them their own brick and mortar to run um, as like a, a, um, a class, a course, a test run kind of thing for the students um, and, and so much more using those resources that I have and I've been able to build to give back to the youth and the community uh, since I never had that and you know I started this when I was 21 years old and I didn't have the same um, access to resources and, and financials and that other, other people had. I didn't have partners, I didn't have people helping me. So I want to do that for the kids and give back. So that's yeah. what I really want to do with the business. I just haven't fully decided what route to go with that. Yeah. And so uh, I do want to go a little bit deeper into, you know, you talking about um, just some of the perspectives and stuff that you didn't have when you originally started the business. And so, you know, if, if you could go back and give yourself in your first year, you know, some pieces of advice, uh, knowing what you know now, mm -hmm. what, what, what advice would you give to yourself? I would say, number one, um, get a job outside of the business. Um, I really wish I would have had a part-time job collecting a little more income when I was starting out to be able to invest more in the business. Uh, number two, accept help. Um, there was a lot of times where I felt like I, I couldn't accept help from people because it meant I would owe them or it meant, you know, they would have equity in my business or um, so many different reasons that we don't trust people to have a, have a hand in our business. But I, I really wish I would have accepted a little more help from people um, and reaching out and finding a mentor also um, would have helped right away as something that it took me a couple years to do. Um, and I felt like it was hard to do because I was so much younger and my situation was so much different than everybody else that nobody really understood it. But there's a lot of people who do understand things that you're going through. And um, if you reach out and, and ask for help, someone will find you. That's what's up, man. Those are all really, really valuable pieces of insight that, that uh, 
apply to, I mean, I know they apply to your specific situation, but they, they apply to kind of you know, universally. Everybody thinks the thing that they're doing is so unique that nobody can come and be a mentor and help them and, 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 uh, and that their experiences are, you know, kind of one-off. Uh, when really there are some real universal things that, that can help a lot of different businesses. That we all going through. Yeah. For real, yeah. So I appreciate you, man. How has, you know, being a black business owner on, on Truce, um, especially starting back back in 2018, uh, how, how have you seen Truce change over the past five years? That's, that's a great question. Um, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I, you know, as a 21-year-old, black man in 2018 who had felony charges on his record and didn't really have the credibility that most other people have, didn't have a partner, didn't have a wife, didn't have a business partner even. Um, things were very hard for me starting the business. Um, there's some other things about Truce that made it difficult, ma mainly why we went to Truce and why we wanted to influence that community was part of these statistics that I'm about to share, but this is why it made it so hard for us to become a thriving business like we did. Um, in, in, in 2018 on Truce, the poverty rate was 43.2%, um, which is immense. The unemployment rate was 11.9% compared to the Missouri overall, which is 3.8% in our immediate community, a one mile radius. Um, the household income in that area was 25,000 compared to the KC median, which, which is 54,000. So um, just based off of that, we were in a bracket of less than 1%. Me being a 21-year-old black man with, with uh, criminal charges, that put me in a boat of less than 0.01% of people who own businesses. Um, so those numbers right there were stacked against us from the start, and in five years, they've tremendously changed. Um, all those numbers are up, and you know, competitors have moved in uh, down the street from us, so we're still facing challenges, but um, we have had made an impact, and uh, I think there's a lot of credibility that we probably don't get for us being a part of those numbers changing. Um, but it's, it's been a struggle in its own ways, especially you know with the with with the crime and stuff that still happens on truce today. So mm -hmm. when you talk about competitors, you talk about Ali, correct? <laughs> right, Ali Correct and Anchor Island. I would consider a direct competitor, also. Right, uh, Ali Correct had this whole big thing about how they moved and they were going to try to move with equity, and they knew that they were moving into a predominantly black space, uh, and that they were being very intentional about you know trying to work with with the community. Um, so, as somebody that's been there for for that long i think what this is now two years for them uh so in, in in their two years of being on truth how have you seen them engaging with the community or kind of keeping that promise yeah um i would say i would say that there's good parts and bad parts to it you know competition brings business mm -hmm. for sure and with them mm -hmm. being a business that was in westport uh, and having a lot of customers who flow in from the plaza and Westport and even P&L or across the city uh, for their specific products, you know, a lot of those people come into our neighborhood. And ultimately, our end goal was to improve the neighborhood. And so if more people are coming to our neighborhood, more money's coming into our neighborhood, it, you would think that would be like, like you know, good for us, right? right. Um, so we do get customers off of them being there, um, but there is a lot of people in the neighborhood who don't come to our space because they would prefer to go to their space because it's nicer. Um, there's a brand new parking lot. There's a brand new lot for people to sit in. The whole building's brand new. Um, it's really nice, elegant, aesthetic in there. So the com like that's just that competition. It, it's driven us to you know, improve on things and have to be better to be able to compete, but there's just uh, certain financial areas where we, we don't match them. And so that'd be the biggest struggle with having them there. But also, 
um, some of the bad parts of them being there is uh, people who come into our shop aren't always in a negative mood. They're they're not really wanting to talk about negative things. But we I found since Oddly Correct has been there, so many people want to come in and talk about that conflict and talk about that and have the debate of if they should be there or not. And honestly, that's not really what we're there to be, be there for, to talk about why we're better or why a black-owned business is better than a rich white-owned business. Mm -hmm. We really just want to talk about you know the community and benefiting those people coming in. So. It's, it's been tough for me to kind of move on from it uh, because it continues to persist in everybody who comes in in their conversations. Um, yeah, right. And I mean, and competition is a normal part of business. And mm -hmm. so uh, finding, you, you know, finding your one unique advantage uh, or uh, multiple unique advantages that set you apart is necessary for any business to grow and thrive uh, anyway. And so uh, one of your unique advantages is that you're not just a coffee shop, you're a coffee shop and an, and an event space. Mm -hmm. uh, and so talk a little bit more about the event space part of your business and how that has set you apart from some of your competition uh, and then just the type of events that you guys do. Mm -hmm. That Yeah, the event space has been critical for us uh, on leveraging partnerships, um, leveraging opportunities that we provide to our customers and to people in the community um, and also to create a little bit more income in places uh, but really like having those events that we have such as the informational events such as the partnerships with some of the organizations around town um, one, one specific one was uh, uh, an event that UMKC Center for Neighborhoods held mm -hmm. and they did a survey on um, local business owners and other people who live around the area on things that the city could do specifically city government could do to improve the, that infrastructure um, those types of things, you know, the people who come to those things are always revolutionary warriors, uh, social justice-minded people who we want to uh, appeal to. Those, that's, you know, our main demographic if we put an overall uh, net on it. But those events and being able to partner with those organizations has allowed me to leverage those partnerships um, and, and, and improve our business and improve uh, the people who come in regularly and have meetings there, who love our space, who support our space, our stakeholders, right? Mm -hmm. um, so our stakeholders are a, are a lot different than their stakeholders because of the events that we've had uh, and, and they continue to grow in that way. We continue to improve the space to um, make it a, a great experience for events. Um, but yeah, that, that opportunity has been huge for us and I want to do more stuff that benefits the community uh, and, and, and also just focus on the youth with the events also, kind of giving them outlets to do open mics, um, to explore the creative arts, to you know have positive spaces where uh, black men and women are, are smiling and having fun with no danger, no, no uh, presence of violence, no presence of gangs. You know, it's really what Kansas City needs, I feel. That's what's up. Kansas City Gift is committed to being an innovative and transformative force in the world of black business. Our one-stop shop provides premium services, insightful consultations, and the resources needed to scale and transform both established and startup businesses at no cost to you. Help us to continue this vital work by visiting KansasCityGift.org and making a donation today. Your support will help create a lasting legacy of thriving black businesses in Kansas City. You talked about the the event space obviously have a diverse utilization, but you, you mentioned the city, and I know that you've had some challenges with the city kind of doing their part to take down a, a nuisance building that is like literally right next to yours. What are the latest updates on that? How, how is their inability to be responsive hindering your your business? 
man, that building has been <clears throat> insane for years. It's it's so surprising the city hasn't torn it down because it's been on the dangerous hazardous buildings list of scheduled demolitions for 20 plus years. Um, and most of those 20 years, it didn't have a roof on it. You know, it's obviously structurally about to fall over. You can look at it and just see that it's not safe. Um, and in the past 10 years, he's been hoarding the entire, like hoarding junk into the entire building. Every single inch of the inside inside of the building is stuffed to the brim to the ceiling with junk that he's been given from people dropping stuff off from across the city. Um, so there's a lot of people across the city who come there and drop off stuff. Um, food and clothes might get given away to uh, people who come by the place. That's what his main mission is to give out food and clothes, he says. Um, but it's mainly just a cover up for him to hoard more stuff. And that's been a problem with him jackhammering onto our property, digging into our property, construction on our property, trying to extend his walls so he can uh, hoard more junk. And he also tells people they can live there, sleep overnight. Um, the, the biggest way it has impacted us most recently is October of 2022. Um, we had a daycare, a black-owned daycare that had been there since, it had been a black-owned daycare since the 70s, and the business that had been there had been there four years. Yeah, you had a daycare that was a... So you, you guys also own the building Correct. that Equal Minded is in. Mm -hmm. And so you had a daycare in that building that uh, the, the business Had carried adjacent. on since the 70s. Yeah, to, to Equal Minded. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, we're at 4327 Truist Avenue, and this is at 4329 Truist Avenue that I'm discussing. And then that one, that business building is adjacent to the pink building, like shares a parking lot, actually. Um, and that's where he's been building his wall further and further out. Um, but that parking lot specifically is where most of our problems happen. You know, people, uh, even while the daycare was open for a long time, we would catch people having sex, um, you know, masturbating, leaving feces, uh, using drugs. They would leave the used needles on our ground um, for us to pick up, uh, as well as living there, sleeping there. The man who owns the pink building would build, he would construct little shelters himself for these people to live there and say as long as they help him um, move his hoarded junk, then they can live there. Uh, and that, you know, we come come in the morning and there's some guy sleeping there and he says, hey, this guy told me I could live here. Um, so those types of things. And then the city itself, just recently in October, forced the daycare to close, um, took away their licensing and said, we cannot license you while this pink building is here. So us, we're like, hey, we lose a tenant, which is two grand a month that we were, we were collecting, um, immediately lose that, as well as say, hey, well, we have five other people interested in putting a daycare here, um, and this has been a black-owned daycare since the 70s. So we got the clear statement from the city that they don't care about having a daycare or a black-owned business, for, the, for that matter, on truce in that area, um, and they would rather see this pink building there than that daycare. Um, solely based on uh, budget. They're not budgeting for the teardown of it, is what I'm hearing from multiple uh, uh, people in the city. So I'm, I'm doing my best to try to work with um, some local politicians and city council people, but most of them are unresponsive. Quentin Lucas visited before he was mayor, said he was gonna make something happen about this or at least get someone on it, and that was about five, five and a half years ago. Um, you know, Brandon Ellington has been there a few times and he's willing to do something, but I don't know how much he actually can do. Uh, and right now I'm working more with Melissa Robinson to try to get her on it. Um, so I'm talking to people. I'm also, uh, I called the city, um, the development office. I've called uh, Dangerous Hazards Buildings. We've probably made over 100 reports over the past five years and probably over like 120 over, over more time, I'm sure. I started really reporting when we moved in, but 
it's it's something that everyone in the neighborhood knows about, but no one outside the neighborhood knows knows how bad it is. Everyone sees pink, they see bright colors, they see signs on it that say, um, "Who cares about money?" and et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, "Oh, this is a place we need in the community," not knowing what it's actually doing to the community. So, you 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 talked about a lot, and I think one thing that stands out and needs to be commended is is that you you are having and have had some really great success through the pandemic, thrive through uh, the gentrification of truth, and through uh, the situation like you described with not having the support of the the city when it comes to other outside nuisances that are you know, straight up just costing you money. Uh, and so through all of that, and I know that had I not brought up all of those things, you wouldn't have said anything about it. <laughs> uh, and so your focus is always about you know, the, the positivity, the, the growth, and the, the, the work that you guys are, are doing. So you guys are focusing on all the positive rather than focus on the, the negative. And a lot of negative things come with being a business owner, and that's just, that's, that's just life. That's just, that's, that's just what it is. Uh, but it is, it's, it's very, you know, I'm I'm excited for you, proud of you, uh, and I commend you for all of the all the work you put in, uh, despite all of the you know adversity that, that you face as a business owner. When it comes when it comes to our our donors, you know you know that we we only exist because of, of them, and so uh, you have anything or any words you want to say to uh, the donors of Kansas City Gift? Yeah, um, I mean, thank you so much because what you gave really made a difference for me and and brandon and cornell and karis and everybody on the gift team was able to take a chance on me um, whereas no one else would and 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 it, and it was successful so um, i just want to let you guys know that the team here they really are diligent um, about everything they do and who they choose and they're they're making differences not only in my life but everybody that i've touched also um, so for old donors, thank you so much. Please continue to give so that we can make this huge difference. And for anybody who's not giving yet to Kansas City Gifts, um, please reach out, uh, give what you can, help us make a difference, help help these people take a chance on someone else like me um, who, who could have been in your shoes potentially at one point or someone you may know. So please, please, please go ahead and um, click the link, donate $10 if you can, or if you're a bigger donor, you know, we need some M's. Throw them at us. We need some M's. We do. We do. <laughs> we definitely do. Uh, how can people contact you? Where, where, where are you located at? How can they reach you? Uh, we're at 4327 Troost Avenue. The best contact method is phone or email. Um, you can contact us through Instagram as well. We're very active there. Uh, and please come on down. Talk to us. Get some face-to-face -face interaction with us. Help make some connections and opportunities in the community. Um, and see, see how we've grown. See it for yourself. That's what's up, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you coming through. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Gifted Podcast. Catch y'all later. You've been listening to the Gifted Podcast, where we celebrate the incredible journeys of black business owners in Kansas City's urban core. We hope you've been inspired by the stories of our grant recipients and the amazing work that they're doing in our community. To make sure that you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to Gifted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media for updates and behind-the-scenes content. Thank you for joining us on this journey, and we'll see you next week for another inspiring story. Mm -hmm.